Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Rick, and welcome to our First City Church online worship service. Today, we're going to be talking about greater love, and I want to show the difference between uh, a, a performance-based system and a law-based system, and that's going to be our message today. But before we get started, I just want to say to Mike and Amy Dent, man, may God be with you as you get ready for your family to move out of state. Mike, you got some great opportunities in front of you. I'm so proud of you and, and, and what you've done uh, for not only our church and your family, but in your profession. May God bless you. And Amy, nobody really knows how much work that you've done here. Your fingerprints are on everything that we do, all of our events, all of our marketing, small groups and stuff. You've done so much for us. And I just want to pause and tell you thank you. So you guys have already left once and came back, so I'm fully expecting you're going to do that again. So Mike, go get all the training that you need, come back, and continue to be a blessing to our church, but may God bless you. Today, you know, we want to talk also about the coronavirus. We're going to be reopening our doors, and so we want you to take the time to go to our website and sign up for which of our two services for next week, and we're excited about it. And so we have a 9 o'clock service and an 11 o'clock service, but we really need you to sign up. It would be a shame that, that people would show up and not sign up and get in, and then people who did sign up for that service to come, but we'd be at capacity and not be able to let them in. So please do that with integrity and uh, be mindful of somebody else. Go and sign up. Now, if there's only one worship service to sign up for, then that's because the other one is already full. Thank you for filling out the survey last week. We had a bunch of responses, and we've had about half of our church said that they're not really ready to come back yet for various reasons, and, and that's that's wonderful. Thank you for being safe and for taking care of your families. We had another about 20% say that they would come back with some precautions, and so we want to make sure that we're doing all of those precautions. So on the website, you'll see the new CDC suggested guidelines, including cloth mask uh, and making sure that we, we keep you know dis physical distance from each other and, and a lot of other things. We're going to make sure that the building is safe, but we want you to be safe and read through all those guidelines. We're not going to police it when you come, but we really want you to uh, be mindful of not just you and other pe you know and, and other people, but all the decisions that you make. And here, here are a couple of examples. You might be close to a friend, and y'all may have been getting together the whole time through the quarantine, and y'all know you're safe. But if you come and hug each other, and other people see it, it might signal to other people, uh, "This is not a safe environment for me." So please be mindful that everybody else is watching. And so make decisions based on everybody else and let's make sure that it stays a safe environment for them. We will be singing and so masks are you know, preferred. And, and so the mask is really so that you don't give the virus to other people and, and not vice versa. We'll also have some of the sections in the, in the front of the auditorium closed off just because of the way that our air flows. We've studied all that. We want to make sure that everybody stays safe. The safest place to sit is up in the balcony. So next week when you come, we're really going to enjoy being together. But I tell you, please, let's make sure that we are keeping really safe uh, guidelines with each other. And when we reach the max standard that we can hold in one service, we will close the doors and not let other people in so that we can stay under state regulations 
and so that we can make sure it's a good, safe environment for everybody. So whatever decision you make next week, may God bless you. And it's fun as we begin to gather again and get back. Okay, it's Memorial Day and uh, the whole weekend, and so we just want to stop and pause. And actually, I just want to offer up a prayer for those who have sacrificed their lives so that we could live. And I know there are those who are watching today where you have lost family members and or friends so that uh, America could be free. And today, I just want to join you in honoring them. Would you pray with me? Lord God, there are men and women who have sacrificed their lives for the freedoms that we enjoy as Americans. And today, we just want to bring honor to them and that sacrifice to give up your life for the good of other people. You said is the greatest love that there is. And so I want to just say thank you and honor those men and women who have given such a sacrifice. And it reminds us of Jesus, that he left heaven and came to earth and gave up his life so that we could be free eternally, so that we could be free of sin, free from Satan, and that we could enjoy a relationship with you. Would you bless us today as we honor your son Jesus? In his name we pray, amen. So may God bless you through Memorial Day and all of your plans. Stay safe and have fun. Today we're going to be talking about greater love. And so the sacrifices that men and women have made in our military so that we could enjoy this freedom as Americans is only a demonstration of what God did for us through Jesus Christ and the freedom that we have as his children. And so about the, the sacrifice for our men and women in our military, the, John 15 says this, Jesus said, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so it is fitting that we have a Memorial Day and we remember the sacrifices of all those military men and women who've given so much so that we could be free. But he goes on in Romans to say this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. In other words, when we rejected Jesus, when we didn't see him as Messiah, when the world thought that he was lying about being the son of God, he still gave his life for us because he knew it was our only way of having a relationship with the father. And so we really want to honor Jesus and what he did. And a whole new system came into play. Up until that time, people were cursed by the law for sin will have no dominion over you since you're not under law, but under grace. That happened because of Jesus Christ because of what he did and in the Old Testament, and I'm telling you, when you're reading the whole Bible and you just sit down and read the story of God, the, the first 39 books, it's so violent. It's so bad, so many laws, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse until before long, people turned away from God. They turned away from each other. Nobody was trying to live right. The, the sin of the world, it was horrible. And law could not fix it. That's what the whole Old Testament is about. That these performance-based systems, that law leads to death. It doesn't lead to life. But because of Jesus Christ, we're no longer under law, but we're under grace. And so the greater love of Jesus, right? 
just gave us a brand new system. So I want to look at first the old law and this performance-based system and how it does not work. And then I quickly want to show a grace-based system. And if you're in a relationship with someone, maybe you're dating and you're trying to figure out how are we going to interact with each other? How can we both get what we've always been longing for in a relationship? I'm going to show it to you today. Or if you're in a marriage and, you, and you've been in a marriage for a long time and you're worn out because you can't please each other. You can't be good enough to earn love. I want to show why we, that wears us out. Or if you have children in your home and you're trying to figure out what is the best parenting style so that my children never turn against me and toward the world or they never turn against God. We want to talk about that and show through these two different systems. So, in a performance-based system, the Old Testament, it just started with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he created everything, day and night, sun, moon, and stars, light, darkness, animals, plants, and man. And he put man in a garden, and he only gave him one law. He only gave one rule. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's it. Wouldn't that be great? We think, man, that'd be great to come back and only have one law, one thing. Man, I could do that. But we couldn't. We couldn't even keep one law. And it led into devastation. And you don't even get six chapters into the book before you find out that the thoughts of man are continually wicked, turned away from God. And God wants to destroy the whole world with a flood. And he does except for one family named Noah, and he started over. And from there, things got bad. It led to Egyptian slavery. Moses had to go rescue. And this time, he doesn't bring one law. Now he brings 10 laws. And so here are 10 laws that's going to govern relationship, govern religion, relationship with God, relationships with each other. And we can't keep those 10 laws. In fact, while Moses was getting the law, People you know, up on the mountain, people were down in the valley, just completely turned away from God. And so they weren't keeping the Ten Commandments. Next thing you know, they write 613 Jewish laws just so that we could keep the Ten Commandments. And so they're like, what does it mean? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. They wrote a whole bunch of laws about what that meant. And people couldn't keep this. And it just gets worse and worse. And because they couldn't keep the 613 Jewish laws, they brought in this oral law called the Talmud. Here's the Torah and the Talmud, and they're weighing it down on people so bad. People turned away from God. It wore them out. I can't please him. We can't do it. And they just walked away. And just read the cycle of what that did to relationships. Now, we know it didn't work in the Old Testament. It's so violent watching how law just leads to lawlessness. And man, it's, it's just awful. But for whatever reason today, we still have relationships, people, marriages, friendships, working dynamics, uh, parent-child dynamics, where it still stays performance-based. It's like, here's just some law. This is when you have to get up. This is when you're going to go. And, and it's okay to have rules and structure. But 
how you base reward systems. If it's performance-based, I can tell you it's going to lead to wearing people out. Maybe you've been in a relationship before where you could never please a, your spouse, your boss, your best friend, uh, or your parents. You, you, you've never been able to please them. You've you could never do enough right to make them happy. How does that feel? Doesn't it just wear you out? And for those of you who believe that writing a new law is going to keep people obeying better, well, from now on, we're going to do it this way, and you just keep heaping up the laws, here's my question for you. Have you ever been satisfied? Because the answer is no. Because the law can't do it. Nobody can measure up. You never reach the point to where you say, wow, everything is good. Because the law is not good, and we are not good. And so now the law came in to increase the trespass. But where sin increased, grace abound all the more. And he said, the more laws that we write, the more it just exposes how bad we really are. And how we can't keep them. And it just wears people out on both sides of the equation. Here it is. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. This is in Galatians 3. For those of you who just keep, you're relying on it. You're the one setting the agenda. You're setting the standard. You're setting the rules. He's like, this is one thing I know about you. You're cursed. And I bet you feel cursed. I bet you're worn out. Because nobody can live up to the standard. And I bet it frustrates you and wears you out. And it's not just you. The people who they're, they're, they're trying to abide by it, they're trying to do it, cursed be everyone who does not abide. And so for those of you who could not live up to somebody else's standard, you already know this to be true. So that the conclusion is, now it's evident that no one is justified before God by the law. It, it, it doesn't work. It can't work. And so in these homes and these businesses and these dynamics and these friendships and these dating relationships, it just, it doesn't work. It wears everybody out. And so we get disillusioned and we think, well, nobody's good enough or nobody's trying anymore. I, I can't be pleased or I can't please somebody else. And people give up. What is causing all the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You've got something that you're trying to hold on to and you're trying to make everybody fit into and it doesn't work and it keeps you in turmoil and it's causing fights. You want what you don't have. Have you ever been satisfied? Have you ever gotten what you want out of that kind of a system? It doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. And so what we're saying is God's like, man, it's gonna end up just bringing more death. It's going to kill relationships. It's going to kill joy. It's, 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 going to, it's going to kill you. And so there's a better way. Now, here's a performance-based exercise for you. If you have unmet expectations, and here are just a couple of them, let's just say somebody doesn't fall through. Yep, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get the milk. going to do, gonna pay the bills. going to whatever it is. And they don't do it. What is your attempted response? Is it to browbeat? Is it 
to write more rules? Well, from now on, what is your tempted response? Or what about if you're not getting enough support? I have to do all the work. Nobody's helping. Nobody's pulling their end of the load. What is your tempted response when you feel like you're not getting the support that you need? And if it's performance-based, where where you feel like, or if you're the recipient of it, where people have just told you you didn't measure up, how bad it was, and from now on, and they just they just made it harder, you know that this does not work. So rhetorically, we're asking now, what would be a grace response? So that really is what I want to show you because this is what Jesus came to set us free from. Look here, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. Jesus came and died and brought in a brand new system, a brand new way. It's not that just that he's given us access to the Father. He's teaching us how to interact with each other in relationships that bless each other and not wear each other out. And he did it by dying on the cross for us. And so through his death, burial, and resurrection, there's a new way. It's no longer based on law. It's no longer performance-based. You can't earn your salvation. You can't earn great trust. You can, we can never live up to somebody else's standard. And so I know the world operates that way. You know, you earn a lot more money if you can have a batting average above 300 in the major leagues. You can earn a lot of money that way. Or if you can score more points in the NBA or more touchdowns in the NFL, you can make a lot more money. But with God, it does not work that way. Thank the Lord. Because we're all role players, right? There are no superstars. We all humble ourselves. So what does a grace-based system look like? I love the way that John chapter one words it. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God. Now this is Jesus. And the word Jesus was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word, Jesus gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Man, that is such good news. People were worn out. They were tired of a performance-based system. They couldn't kill enough perfect lamb and goat in order to receive forgiveness. It just bought them time until they messed up again. But when Jesus came, it brought life and it brought light. Finally, we brought some relief. And so a grace-based cycle, they asked Jesus, well, tell me about the law. Tell me about all the laws. What's the most important law? What can we do to be pleasing to God? He's like, well, it's just one thing. Everything, all the law, now gets back to one thing. The whole world started that way. Eat from the tree of life. And if you just eat from the tree of life, Everything is going to be fine. But they couldn't do it. They started eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so Jesus just brings it back. Just one thing. Eat from the tree of life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And that's it. Just love God with everything you have. And just eat from that tree of life. And everything is going to be okay. And if you want to go a step further, 
love your neighbor as yourself. Just love other people the way that God loves other people. In fact, Jesus said that at the beginning of his ministry, at the end of his ministry, after he had demonstrated what that looked like, he said it this way, love one another as I have loved you. You, you watch the way I treat you, the way I love you unconditionally, lifting you up when you are in sinking sand helping you when the waves toss you to and fro. And you and you watch how I respond to you. And then you go respond to other people that same way. And that's it. What? That's it? Yep. Well, you mean all I have to do is love God? Is that fluffy? Well, you mean I don't have to be obedient? No. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. You can't say that you love God and not be obedient to him. If you love God with everything you have, you're going to find a way to be obedient because that kind of love sets you free. And Jesus said, my father and I, we're going to come and abide with you. We're going to share life with you. And we're going to partner with you for success. And so you're going to be obedient. And Jesus said, and here's the way to do it. God's like, I'm going to give you my son and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And now, instead of you having to live up to a standard, you just rely on the relationship and their grace, their mercy, their kindness will lead you forward. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. He have all these heavy burdens. You're under this performance-based system. Just come to me and throw that off and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your soul. There's work to do. I'm going to put my ox around, you know, my, my yoke around you. Now these oxen had this yoke and they had to do work. It's going to be work, but let me teach you. And, and, and the system is with humility and grace and you'll find rest for your soul. It's not going to be a browbeaten type of relationship. And it's not just me. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. Galatians 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature you know, desires are. So he's like, once the Holy Spirit begins to operate in you, He's going to change what you want. So instead of wanting to do wrong, you're really going to desire to do what is right. And he continues, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you're directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. It's not a performance-based system. You're free to serve God. And he wants to help you up. That's his position. In fact, he's like, look, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toll. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But look at this. Woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. What is that like when you're in a relationship with somebody and you mess up and all they do is tell you how bad you are or write new rules or say, if you start doing this, then I'll love you again or then everything will be okay. Does it not just wear you out? And he's like, listen, if you fall, if you stumble, if you do something wrong, 
what you should be able to expect from your partner, your spouse, your boss, your friend, your parents, your teenager, is that they're going to say, hey, listen, let me help you up. Come on, we can do this together. And and they cover, you know, your, they, they cover what you did was wrong and help you. And, and, and what he's saying is when you have that, you're going to desire to do more of what is right. Now, here's a grace space exercise. I have permission to share this from Grace Marriage. And so out of, these, out of Grace Marriage, they said, here's, once you start learning how to respond with grace, start in the morning, early in the morning. How can I show grace to everybody I love? My children, my spouse, my boss, friends. How can I show grace early in the morning? And what about on a phone call or through a text? How can I show grace? Or during the work day or with my children or at mealtime or right before we go to bed and all the times of the day, how can I pour out on the people I love the grace that God has poured out on me? Man, greater love. Don't you want to live under that kind of love? Don't you want to be in a home of that kind of grace where it's not performance-based, where we don't constantly write new rules, but where we learn to cover for each other's weaknesses, partner with each other, because both of us are imperfect, trying to come up to the standard of God, and God's like, you'll never be able to do it, so let me just give you my son. He'll do it for you. And you partner with him and with each other and cover each other's weaknesses as together you learn how to become more obedient. Oh man, may God bless you. I want to pray with you. And as we get ready to share in communion, as we get ready just to tell God how grateful we are for what he has done for us, I pray that his grace covers you. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your amazing grace. Right now, I pray that there are people who are ready to give up the performance-based system. And I pray that in God, for those, they just say, Lord God, I'm tired. I know I can't do it. I can't live under that burden. And so I surrender completely to you. God, we give you our whole hearts. We believe in you and we ask that you receive us, accept us, and, and save us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, through what he did on the cross rescue us out of the miry clay and set our feet on solid ground. We give you our whole hearts and thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for what you have done for us. We are your children and we long to be with you. Thank you for the way that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. God bless you and see you next week.